Luke 15, 11 to uh, verse 20. Luke 15, 11. This, is, this will be your Bible reading for the whole week. What do you think? Luke 15, 11 to 20. Hallelujah. Now, um, okay. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. <laughs> so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Hallelujah. Verse 14. About the time his money ran out, money always runs out someday, okay? A great farming swept over the land, and he began to starve. Verse 15, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his field to feed the pigs. Verse 16, the young man became so hungry that even the pots he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Isn't that sad? When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. The last verse. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Shall we pray? Father, we pray that you add your blessing to your word. I pray for the help of your Holy Spirit. I pray for the anointing that makes preaching easy, the anointing that makes listening easy. I pray that, Lord, our lives will be changed, and more importantly, Lord, our hearts will be changed that nobody would come here and live here the same. Satan, we rebuke you. You have no portion in this service. We command angels to surround us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for um, beating the day, what, what do you call it? Day time savings, day savings time, whatever. What do, what do you call it? daylight savings you know and some of you look like you really lost an hour of sleep <laughs> and so this morning i'm gonna share with you you know one of the things that you all need for your life is the word of god hallelujah no matter how rich you become i know some of you become very rich market today okay you're gonna become very rich don't lose sight of God's word. It is the compass for your life. The GPS for your life. You know, recently I read an article by this guy. His name is, isn't Mark Wahlberg? He's an actor. Yeah, Wahlberg. And he's saying that he never leaves home without reading his devotional or reading his Bible. And it's made him a better parent. Do you get it? And recently, you can even see that Oprah has even returned to the Bible. After all her theories about the universe, 
about whatever, people realize that the Bible is, is the thing to go to. There's no book like it. It's the number one selling book in the world. Do you get it? And even given all the, digit, the digitization of literature, people still want to feel the Bible. Do you get people sleep over it? People use it as a talisman? You know, do you, do you get it? And it's, it's amazing the truth you can find in God's Word to guide your life. Hallelujah. So I'm encouraging you that, you know, appreciate God's Word. Amen. And my job this morning is to share with you what happens to a person if he has no pastor or shepherd in his life. Hallelujah. Or you can also title the word, Aim for Something. Amen. Yeah. And another, I'm going to read another scripture to you, Matthew 9.35. It says that Jesus traveled all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Hallelujah. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Hallelujah. And Numbers 27 Verse 12 to 17. And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into Mount Abarim, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, it, it thou shalt be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother was gathered. For you rebelled against my commandments in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the waters before their eyes. And verse 15, And Moses spoke unto the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of all spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Everybody say, set a man. Set a man. Or it could even be a woman. Hallelujah. The great women in the Bible as well. I think today is Women's, what, International Women's Day, right? Yeah, I think we should appreciate all our, our ladies in the church. Hallelujah. Yeah. Ladies, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Hallelujah. You can. And verse 16, let the law, okay, verse 17, which may go out before them. I, verse 17 is what I want you to take notice of. It says that set a man over the congregation. And this is what I want the man to do, okay? Which may go out before them. Do you see that? And which may go in uh, before them. And which may leave them out. And which may bring them in that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no word. Shepherd. Hallelujah. So Moses had finished his course. He had finished his ministry. And he had done so many amazing things uh, by, by the grace of God. Split the Red Sea. Uh, commanded manna from heaven. And did so many great miracles in Egypt. Do you get it? And it came to a point where he had to leave the earth. He had to, everybody would check out one day or the other. Amen. Yeah, everybody, no matter how much you, you diet, you know, uh, you put on Botox, you work out, there'll be a day that you would have to say adios to this world. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, because death is part of life. Hallelujah. What did I say? Anything subject to time is subject to expiration. 
Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Anything what? Subject to time is subject to expiration. And the only place where there's no time is heaven. That is where we don't expire. So tell a neighbor, neighbor, I, I, I'm sure I will see you in heaven. You know, I want to see you there. <laughs> do you get it? And Moses was about to leave, and he was asking God that, Sally, why don't you come forward? You, you look lonely at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was asking God to uh, give him someone to take over. Do you get it? And he said that, I need someone who will go in before the people, come out with them, you know, leave them out and leave them in. I don't want the tallest. Do you get it? I don't want the, the most uh, well-built. I don't want the richest. If most of us are choosing leaders, at your job place, how are leaders chosen? The one with the best results. Yeah. Do you get it? But the one with the best result may not all necessarily be the one, uh, the best leader. Do you get it? Have you realized that in, let's say, in sports teams, sometimes the leader of the team is not the best athlete? Do you, do you realize that? He doesn't necessarily have to be the best athlete. Most of the time, good athletes don't know how to lead. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, good athletes, because they can't fathom why you can't run 100 meters at 8.99. Because they do it so easy. <laughs> do you get it? But, you know, the great captains and the great leaders are sometimes people who are not so good, but also can understand what it takes to bring out the best out of somebody. Do you get it? A leader is someone who goes in before the people. He's in front of the people. Do you get it? He doesn't sit in an armchair and tells the people what to do. He's in front. He leads them like a shepherd does for a sheep. Do you get it? And then God told him, I have someone who can do this job. Wow. His name is Joshua. Do you get it? Because if you appoint Joshua, one of the things I can promise you is that the people will not scatter. Hallelujah. Because when there is no leader, what happens to people is scattering. It's like a home without parents. Can you imagine if I leave my home to three of my children? What do you think? would happen with no mother no father and i tell them that they should live in this house and do whatever they want what do you think would happen eh? in two hours oh no give me some examples what do you think would happen tv binging <laughs> watching any show on youtube house burned down <laughs> water running flooding <laughs> <laughs> you know, lights left on, iron on, somebody hurt, eating mac and cheese for dinner, candy for breakfast, fried eggs for lunch. <laughs> do, do you get what I'm saying? What will happen is chaos because there is no leader. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? In the same way, if a people or a congregation or a family or an individual does not have a leader, the person's life is aimless and just scattered all over the place. Do you get what I'm saying? You see, that is why in, in any democracy, if the president dies, automatically the vice president is sworn in as the president. Do you get what I'm saying? Because they don't want to leave a vacuum for leadership. 
Because for the lack of leadership, the people perish. And if the vice president is also not available, then the speaker of the house takes over. Do you get what I'm saying? Because they know the value of a leadership and people or a congregation or a nation having a leader over them. You know, and you could see it even in sports because many of you are athletes, right? That even when the team captain is no longer available, you could see the team is not as cohesive as it should be. You know, and then all of us, okay, they make Jimmy the captain. You know, and Jimmy does not like eight out of the ten of the people. <laughs> do, 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 you get, do, do you get what I'm saying? And then Jimmy is making his own selections that I think Destiny is going to run today because she gets along well with me. Now he's bringing his personal preferences and biases into the team. As opposed to he gathering the people together, you know, and training with them. As opposed to he sleeping at four o'clock. And telling the team, look, it's daylight savings, okay? As the captain, I need to catch some sleep. So why don't you all go jog in the morning? And everybody re report unto me your timesheet. Or he may be in Starbucks just chilling. <laughs> and expecting his team to be performing. That is not leadership. Hallelujah. What is going to happen is that the team will scatter and splinter. Hallelujah. So God said that, choose Joshua. So that he can guide the people and that the people will not be aimless and helpless. Hallelujah. So when there is no leader, what happens is that people become aimless. What did I say? When there is no leader, people become what? Aimless. Do you get it? And my job as a pastor is to help you have an aim for your life. Are you with me, church? An aim for your marriage one day, an aim for your family, an aim for your career, you know, an aim for your future. Because without an aim, what happens is you don't achieve anything. Do you get it? You see the story we just read about the prodigal son, the guy who left his father's home, right? You remember the story? You know, he had a father's money. He had everything. And he told his father that, give me a third of everything that... Uh, is due me because I can see that you're about to check out. You know, maybe the father had a stroke two weeks before. And he says, Dad, I think that I need a third of um, my inheritance. So he took everything and went into a far country. But what he missed was that he didn't have an aim. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, he had the father's money. He had the father's wealth, but he missed the father's direction. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. So, for instance, if I give um, you $10 million, let me use Jimmy because he chose to sit in front today. If I give Jimmy $10 million right now, and I don't give him an aim, I can assure you, can you check the door? Keep it open, please. I'll keep it a little bit cracked. Um, I can assure you that within five years, maybe he may be broke. Don't you think it's possible? What do you think he's going to do with the money? 
<laughs> Jimmy, do it, do it. Let everybody see what you're doing. <laughs> what do you think he's going to do with the money? All of a sudden, Jimmy is going to have so many friends. <laughs> he's going to have so many cousins. <laughs> you know, everybody's a cousin. <laughs> you know, and then people will be calling him. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, give me. <laughs> you can I get just a million? <laughs> can I get just two million? You know, I need to buy this house. Can I just get, I just need to buy a Bentley, you know? I mean, all, everybody will be on him. And not only that, but also, he's also going to blow some time. You know, he's going to get maybe some Gucci hat because the hat he's wearing, maybe is not the type of hat he wants. <laughs> you know, get himself a nice car more than likely he's gonna get a nice oh trust me he's gonna get a nice car <laughs> you know and perhaps a nice convertible and i'm sure his instagram pages are gonna be very updated you know with the latest clothes and everything else and before you know 10 million has turned into what two million <laughs> may that not be the your story <laughs> Do you get it? You see, that is why a lot of celebrities go broke because they don't have people who guide them. Hallelujah. And my job or as a pastor is to guide you. Do you get it? Or your job as a church member is also to seek guidance for your life. Do you get it? So that your life does not become an aimless life. Hallelujah. Your life does not become... You see... If you don't have an aim for your life, one of the key signs of a person who does not have an aim is that the person can't make decisions. Hallelujah. Yeah, the person can make decisions. For instance, if I ask you, let's say you want, you want to become an engineer, right? Because you have an aim of what you want to become, it makes it easy to choose a school to go to. Classes to take, right? But sometimes you see people, first year, they're doing engineering. Second year, poetry. Third year, ceramics. <laughs> and then the fourth year, they want to join the school athletics team. Fourth year? <laughs> Destiny has been, and Sedeka has been running for four years. You just want to join the team. And then he claims, you know, they don't like me. I'm out of here. <laughs> what a career. Because he doesn't have an aim. Do you get it? You see a lady or a young man without an aim and who wants to date somebody or wants to get married. Today, dating Mary. Tomorrow, Mary is too short. I think I like me some uh, uh, Tatiana Ali. <laughs> you know, I think no, 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 no. So you're such a person. It's like a guy who does not even want to, cannot commit to a lady. It's a guy without an aim. So today he dates this one, breaks her heart. Tomorrow he dates this one, breaks her heart. The next day, so between 2020, he's changed girlfriends 20 times. <laughs> 2020, 20 times. Wow. He has no aim. You see a guy with a person with no, who has money with no aim. Shops anyhow, buys anything, buys clothes that he hasn't worn before. And still buying. You know, buy from Zappos, from Amazon, from Gap. Just shopping, 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 shopping. Because he does not have an aim for his money. 
But if you see a man with an aim for his money, every dollar has an assignment. Right. <laughs> if you, you see that the reason sometimes rich people don't give money is not because they are stingy. Because every dollar has an assignment. This one is for building this house. This one is for buying this. This one is for buying this. Do you get it? Every dollar has an assignment. I'm preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you see someone who is obese, you know, and wants to lose weight, automatically the person has an aim. A lot of things don't go. Doesn't eat so many things. I don't eat chicken. Even for chicken, I eat organic. If it's organic, it has to be Idaho organic. What type of organic? It has to be lean. What type of lean? What is the percentage of fat? Even one shopping just to buy canned soup can take hours. You know, they take the bowl, they, they take the can, they read everything. You know, they scan, they, they scan the jar and check who are the manufacturers, where did it come from? You know, what's the percentage of sodium? Is it gluten free? Is it not gluten free? How much protein? The person has an aim, but those of us with no aim we just go to the shop and look at the cheapest one we just pick anyone and go <laughs> do, do, do you get what i'm saying yeah because we don't have i mean i'm not like that i'm not saying that being like that is bad <laughs> do, do you get it but those of us with no dieting aims you know we don't read food labels and <laughs> you know what type of fish is it herring is it Cod, is it Alaska fillet? Is it a catfish? What type of fish? If it's a catfish, is it from the rivers of Alabama or from the rivers of the Chattanooga River or from the Hillsborough River? Because the Hillsborough River has a lot of mercury in it, and I need fish from the Chattanooga River. <laughs> what an aim. <laughs> do, do you get what I'm saying? That person has an aim. <laughs> and without aim, you are like a car with no GPS. Did I tell you my story about when I was driving with no aim? And did I tell you one day, those of you who are new? So one day, when I say one day, you say one day. <clears throat> I, I drove with our church to a friend's wedding in Michigan from New Jersey. And I was about, what, 20 years old. And that's when I started driving. So I enjoyed driving, you know, and we got this 18-seater van. So we drove to uh, Michigan. I didn't do the driving. So when we were coming back, the guys who drove said, you know, they're tired, they're worn out, right? So someone else should drive. So I said, oh, no problem. I would do the driving. So I got in the car, and they all fell asleep within the next hour because they were all tired from the wedding. You know, we hadn't slept. And when they gave me the car, I didn't know the direction. So I saw 80 East and 80 West. And 80 East was going to take us back to the East Coast, right? 80 uh, East, uh, New Jersey, New York area. And I took 80 West. So we drove for 10 hours in the wrong direction. So when it was overnight, I mean, they, were, they all slept over. They all woke up and asked, oh, I think we must be in New Jersey by then, I mean, they all, we must be in Pennsylvania, New York uh, area. So one lady just began to be a bit doubtful. I was like, what is wrong with her? I mean, she was saying, oh, I think we are lost. I thought, what, what do you mean? I mean, I've been driving for. And she says, you are lost. And then she, she made a statement. 
Look at all the number plates. Indiana, 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 Indiana. Because I didn't know that the number plates actually signify where you are. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know that. If I knew, I, yeah, you know, I, I didn't know that the number plates actually told you where you are. I mean, because if you go to Florida, you see Florida, more likely more Florida license plates than De Delaware license plates, right? So the lady said, no, I think we're lost. And he said, look, look, look at this. So one guy who was like the main shepherd of the group got up and told me I should get out of the drive. Get, get out and go to the back. I said, I should go to the back seat. And then he took the car and then we had to drive another 12 hours back home. So a journey that was supposed to take 10 hours took 24 hours because I was aimless and didn't know have any guidance because at that time what we used to do was maps you remember those i mean many of you don't remember maps we used to use maps to navigate and then use um the sequence of the numbers on the highway so if it's 80 81 if it's increasing i think you're going north and if it's decreasing it means you're going south uh-huh you didn't know <laughs> Do you get it? So, uh, I, I, this is what happened to me because I didn't have uh, an aim or any guidance in my life. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? And in this story, read of the prodigal son. The guy did not have any guidance. You see, all he did was, Daddy, just give me everything. You see, let me encourage you. No matter how old you are, never fail to consult a fatherly figure in your life. When it comes to the key decision points that you're going to be making in this life. Oh, am, I, am I preaching to somebody? Yeah. Because many of you are going to reach very crucial points. What school to go to? You know, uh, who to marry? Uh, where should I invest my money? Uh, where to live? You know, one of the most important decisions of your life is even the school to go to. Because that is where you, you're going to form some of the core relationships that you're going to need for the rest of your life. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that is where you, I mean, the career choices. You know, Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt wanted to be a cricket player. And his father said, don't be a cricket player. I think you'd be good in sports, uh, in, 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 in track. And that's it. And recently, we were in Jamaica. And not only had he become successful on the tracks, but he started a restaurant franchise called Tracks and Records. So if you have like a bar, uh, you know, type of places, you can buy the franchise and put your name on it, Usain Bolt's Track and Records. And he's making money out of franchising his name. Just because of the father's advice, he got an aim. Hallelujah. Yeah. So my job is to encourage you this morning that have an aim for your life. Are you with me? An aim for your marriage. Ladies, don't just pick any guy in trousers. <laughs> or in pants. Do you get it? Don't just pick anybody. Because you have an aim of who you want to be with. You're also very selective. Unless you are not. I mean, if you are not, then... 
Okay, anybody goes. I mean, well, there are some women, anybody goes. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Yeah, I mean, there's some way, any, any, any man in pants is okay. I was talking to a lady. She said, look, pastor, I can't do poor. <laughs> yeah. The person said, well, I can't do poor. That is her aim. Because, do you know why? Because she grew up in a very poor home. So she's not now about to start this journey of poverty with you. Affliction shall not strike twice. <laughs> he said, I grew up very poor. So if he sees that you are not trying to get your life together, you know, your credit score is 250. <laughs> you know, you have... Um, um, $300,000 in credit card debt. <laughs> Driving a car that you can't afford. She said, look, pastor, I can't do poor. I can't do this. I'm out of this thing. Because she has an aim. I, mean, I think it's a good aim. I mean, for, for, for the type of credentials I just gave. You know. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> am I, am I, are you being blessed? Do you get it? So have an aim for marriage. Do you get it? Have an aim for your career. What company do you want to work for? What are your beliefs? Hallelujah. Is the company aligned with your beliefs? Have an aim. Let me show you a scripture. Let me share something with you. You see, how many of you know Adolf Hitler? You know, Hitler, when Hitler, before he became a chancellor, he wrote in his book called The Mein Kampf, which was more of his manifesto, right? You know, most presidents, when they're becoming, uh, most presidential candidates write books, you know, because, I mean, it's, it's money, mainly. They want to raise money because you're going to buy it anyway. And after they get out of office, do they write another book? It's all money. That's the truth. It's all about money, if you don't know. And they write books also, which kind of lays out their aim for the country if they win. This or their aim for the future. So Hitler wrote his book called The Mein Kampf, and in his book he wrote that uh, they need a breadbasket for the for Germany, right? They need a country that will be producing food for Germany. So when he became chancellor and Germany became a stronger country uh, militarily, they decided to conquer Ukraine and they took Ukraine. So Ukraine was going to be the breadbasket of Germany. So he achieved that aim. But invading Russia was not part of the aim. So he had even signed a non-aggression pact with Stalin. Okay. So he and Stalin had decided that they would not attack each other. We're going to live in peace. And he broke the pact. And rather attacked the Soviet Union. And at that time, Soviet Union was such a big country. You know. And he had a plan to capture a city called Smolensk. He captured it. And all of a sudden, he made a decision that they should capture Kiev and uh, Stalingrad. And no, I think Leningrad. Oh, no, I think one of those. I think it's Stalingrad. And then they captured that one too. And then he made a decision that now we should go and capture Moscow, which was not part of the original aim. And as he added Moscow to his aim, 
Then, actually, the battle began to reverse against him. Then the Russia winter set in, the same winter that defeated Napoleon, also drove Hitler back to Germany. His army was decimated. His, I mean, the, the soldiers couldn't fight. It was too cold. They didn't prepare for it. And then the battle turned around because he did not have an aim. That even if you've captured Smolensk, you said that this is all that you wanted. And then he added more. Let's do this. Because we've done this, we can do this. He deviated. Hallelujah. A lot of companies that have gone wrong or have gone bankrupt went bankrupt because they deviated from the main aim why they came into business. Do you get it? That is why every company has something they call it value proposition or something. What it means, like Uber. Uber says um, their value proposition is the simplest way to get around. They are not in the limo renting business. Do you get what I'm saying? They are not in the limo renting business. So they are not worried about giving you uh, a luxury car per se. Their job is to get you around. Then, so long as they stick to it, they're going to be successful. Hallelujah. In your life, also have an aim and stick to it. Are you with me, church? Yes, yeah. Have an aim and do what? Stick to it. Can you imagine if at my age, you know, I'm only 25 years old, you know, <laughs> I decide to become an Olympic athlete. <laughs> what, what, how, can, can you imagine I become you know I was talking to <laughs> a certain guy oh are you following my stories and he has an aim to become a pastor okay so he decided to date a lady who is not doesn't want to become a pastor so as we were chatting, I was asking, so what made you um, date this lady? He says, we were in the same class. And as I look in the class, she's the most beautiful girl <laughs> in the class. And I just decided to date her. And she said, aimlessly, she's tall enough for my height too. Those are the two conditions. So she thought that, he, no, he thought he'd gotten a pastor material to marry. But the lady, as they were going on, people were asking, are you sure this is the lady you want? And that he rather cut off most of his friends who were doubting his choices. You see, when people are aimless, their vision becomes very foggy. They make decisions that they think is very right. Do you see? And what they do is they cut off people who challenge their aim. And then the girl began to exhibit who she is. That this is who I am. She's still tall, but this is who I am. You know, sometimes you say, oh no. I mean, the lady rather would say that they should go to a strip club. Yeah, the lady. And so he will follow something because he wanted peace. <laughs> and he realized that. So when he came back to his senses, prodigal son, 
<laughs> do you get it? <laughs> Danka, do you get what I'm saying? He came back. <laughs> then he asked himself. No, I think one day he even called. I think the lady talked to his mother. And the mother was like, no, I don't think this is the right lady for you. I think you guys are just mismatched. You get ill ill-matched couple and the guy still wouldn't listen but when he came to his senses he realized that wait a minute what am I doing in this relationship we are fighting three times a week throwing bottles at each other then we come back together we go up and then he decided to back out of the relationship do you get it and now he's found someone who aligns with his vision for his future and he's happily, and he's about to get married now. Do you get it? But I think what I'm trying to get is, I don't know, why did I even give you that example? But yeah, okay, aimless, whatever. You know the story. <laughs> that this guy didn't have an aim for what he wants to be. So he made wrong choices. Do you get what I'm saying? Without an aim, you make a lot of bad choices. You go anywhere. You box anyhow. Let me show you a scripture. Let me show you a verse. At least show that you came to church today. 1 Corinthians 9.24. I think many of you can relate with this verse. 1 Corinthians 9.24. Know ye not. Let's read this together because you're all very quiet on me. Okay, one, two, three, go. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Can you give me another version, please? NLT. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Do you get it? They do it to do what? Why do they run? Do they run to burn calories? Are you sure? Emmanuel, do you run to burn calories? Do you run because you get to stay in a nice hotel? Why do you run? To win what? A prize. Okay. I mean, maybe some of these don't want to win. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there are some, but, you know, but everybody aspires to win a prize, right? They do it to win a prize that will not fade away. That's the gold medal. Okay. Okay. That would even fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So Paul is saying that even if athletes run with an aim for a gold medal, which fades away, that I'm also going to run well in such a way that I win that prize which does not fade away. Do you understand? I'm going to run with an aim. My aim for ministry, my aim for pastoring, my aim for teaching is that I do it so well that I win the prize that God will reward me for what I'm doing. And then look at what he does. Go to verse 27. So I go to verse 26 so that we can capture the whole story. Verse 26. So I run with what? Purpose. Purpose. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Every step, every move, every jump, every diet, every movement, every uh, uh, workout, you know, has to do with my purpose. The reason I'm working on my thighs and my leg because I'm going to use it. I'm not, I'm not working out, let's say, I'm not going to be a golfer, so I'm not working out this muscle here. Do you get it? Uh, every purpose, every training in the gym, mm. do you get it? Every weight that I lift has to do with one thing, to make me a better athlete. Come on. Come on. So I, do, I run with purpose in what? Every, every step. Every, 
every step every step every step should be purpose driven hallelujah where you live the friends you make your, your, the people you follow on Instagram should be purpose driven the places you go to should be purpose driven the people you hang out with you, can, you should ask yourself is this person aligned with my purpose in life Wow, I run with purpose. Even the people you follow on Facebook and Instagram should be people you admire who are going where you want to go. But every Tom, Dick, and Harry shouldn't get up and say, follow me. Where are we going? <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> Have you realized that sometimes people just ask you, send you an invite, follow me. I want followers. You want followers? But let me ask you, where are you going? <laughs> do, do you get it? Yeah. I am not just what? Shadow boxing. I just, I don't throw punches anyhow. Yeah. You know, like Tyson Fury, you know, like uh, <laughs> Wilder. Wilder, you know. Yeah, because in the latest fight I just watched, uh, what is his first name again? Deontay no, Wilder yeah. was just throwing punches in the air. Because he came for a knockout. Do you get it? And the boxers have kind of figured out how to just avoid his powerful right hand. Okay. So he was just shadow boxing. No technique. You know, I don't think he came to but I think he came to fight. You know, just, just throwing punches in the air. So Paul is saying that. I am not shadow boxing. Look, I came to tell you, don't shadow box. That's right. Your time on earth is so limited, so short. Do you get it? So transient that don't shadow box. If I have 12 rings to knock you out, I'm not going to be throwing punches in the air and hitting your thigh. Come on. I need to aim at your head. Are you with me, church? Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I'm not just shadow boxing. Now let's go to the next verse. It says that I discipline my body like an athlete. You know, some of you athletes, I really admire you. The way your body is disciplined. Some of us, sometimes I try to, I work from home and I try to discipline, but every five minutes I find myself in the fridge. Just... <laughs> Just browsing, you know, just browsing. I mean, sometimes the water tastes so good. I mean, you're just trying to discipline. You know, the reason I just decided to go on a, a diet of just eating salads in the morning and, you know, at lunch, I'll eat a good lunch in the evening, I'll just eat salads. But I just look at it and say, what a life, you know. I have an aim, but this is difficult, you see. But they're saying that because Paul is saying, because I want to win a heavenly prize. I don't want to have, I don't want to be someone who started so many churches, pastored so many churches. People called me an apostle, Paul. I wrote um, an 80% of the New Testament only for me to be disqualified. I don't want that to happen to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to discipline my body. Training it what? To do what it should. Hallelujah. I train my body so that it does what I want it to do. Do you get it? And then otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be what? Disqualified. 
Isn't this powerful? I discipline. Because I have an aim, I discipline my body. Because I have an aim, I study every night. Because I have an aim, I train a lot. Hallelujah. Because I have an aim, I don't just befriend anybody on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or, or wherever. Because I have an aim. I discipline. I discipline. I discipline myself. Because I have an aim. Hallelujah. If you have an aim, it brings discipline in your life. Your life is more structured. Your life is targeted. You are more targeted in everything you do. You spend your money well. You are choosy with who becomes your friend. Where you spend your time. Where you don't spend your time. Because you have a name. Hallelujah. Are you being blessed with my message? Yeah. So I came to encourage you to have an aim for your life. Amen. Let's look at the example of Jesus Christ. John 4.34. I'm about to end. John 4.34. So Jesus saith, John 4.34. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing what? The will of God who sent me and from what? Finishing his work. That is Jesus. His aim was to finish God's work. To preach, to teach, to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. That any sin you've ever committed in this life has been forgiven. The only thing you have to do is to accept the pardon. Hallelujah. To the extent that one day they tried to make him a king. And he ran away. Had it been you or me that God has sent into this world to die and save the people of this world from their sins. And then they say that you are being made the queen of England or the president of the U.S. You call God. God, you know, the mission you gave me, I think I, think I want to abort it. Because I've been made a king. He never took the privilege. When he was on the cross, he was even given, told that he should come down. If you are the son of God, come down. He says, no, I'm not. My aim is to die on this cross as a savior of the world. Wow. When he was in the garden and he was torn between accepting the will of God and his will not to go to the cross. He said, I will choose God's will because he had an aim. Hallelujah. In the same way, you also need an aim for your life. Amen. Amen. Are you with me, church? Yes, yeah. Sir. You need an aim. I'm ending. Don't live anyhow. Mm. Hallelujah. Don't be all over the place. Jumping from one thing to the other. One cause to the other. 
one job to the other. You know, that's why a lot of people can't stay on jobs for even more than six months because they don't have a name. Are you with me, church? Yeah. But have an aim for your life. And I came to encourage you, as your shepherd, your pastor, that you have an aim. Amen. And I see many of you making important decisions this morning. Hallelujah. I think you put your hands together for Jesus. Yeah. Making important decisions and letting go of some friends who don't help out. Amen. Letting go of some decisions that don't support your aim and the vision for your life. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. Shall we pray? Just put your hands on your chest. Pray for yourself. Father, may you direct our steps, Lord. We come to you this morning that as your children, you've told us, Lord, that you are not a God who leads us anyhow. You are a God who leads us as a shepherd does for his sheep. And one of the things you do for us, Father, is that you give us an aim. That I pray that everybody here, oh God, will have an aim for their life, aim for their future, aim for their ministry. I pray against the spirit of prodigality in the name of Jesus. That we will not be children who just roam around without knowing what to do. But we'll be children with an aim, with a purpose and a plan. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. May you bless this congregation. Bless our going out. Bless our coming in. May you multiply us. May we not be few. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Before I close, I want to make an altar call. With eyes closed and heads bowed. Maybe you're here. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. You want to have a relationship with God. You've never even heard of the gospel. The gospel is the fact that all of us have sinned. But God has paid the price of our sins through the death of Jesus Christ that if you confess with your mouth and repent of your sins every sin you've committed in this world will be forgiven if you're here like that just give me a wave wherever you are and I'll pray with you shortly in the name of Jesus we are going to say this prayer together but just raise your hand wherever you are let's say this prayer together if you can for anyone who's raised your hand say Heavenly Father we come to you as sinners. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Cleanse us from unrighteousness. Give me a new heart and a new spirit that I can serve you for the rest of my life. Forgive me, Lord, for every sin I've committed, every mistake I've made, for my errors, Lord, and my flaws. I turn around to serve you, to worship you for the rest of my life. Satan, I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. And I will serve him for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs>